0: Die. From both of us, welcome to Gen X from the Edge. The show that looks back in time provides nostalgia, humor, and introspection from a Gen X perspective compared to the other generations. In the spirit of the holiday season, we go back and look at some of our favorite toys from our youth.
1: Thanks for the intro, Jeet. This will be an interesting segment. I believe that we will each have our own types of toys that we played with, considering I was grew up more in the 80s, you grew up more in the 90s. I don't remember a ton of toys. I feel like most of the time we were outside playing with our friends, but there were definitely some key ones. The Easy Bake Oven, I used to love playing with that Easy Bake Oven and making little, little uh, cheese, melted cheese crackers and, and of uh, when my parents would have company over, I'd make little, uh, little crackers for their, for their friends.
0: Wait, this Easy Bake Oven. For me, that was more of an urban myth, right? It was one of those toys that I'd heard about probably on TV, more as, you know, like our, our generation's version of a meme. So did it, it A, did it exa- actually exist? And what could you make with it? Maybe for our younger audience or those that have got so old, they've forgotten and have Alzheimer's, maybe you could refresh our memory.
1: Well, believe it or not, you could bake things in it even with this hot light bulb. And so your younger sisters never got an easy bake oven.
0: No, no. And I, you know what? I would say that I'd call them millennials. So they were probably too high tech for us. A-
1: yeah. So you could make little, you could make, they gave you a little pot, a little pan and a little um, cake mix and you would make the cake mix. But really I just like to melt cheese on crackers in it mostly. (laughs) Okay.
0: Okay. So, so what was the battery requirements of this toy? A couple of D cells or.
1: You know, good question because batteries were like, even then were, Quite expensive. I have a feeling we, we plugged it in, straight household power. I feel like that, but maybe I'm completely wrong on that one. And then my cut co- bo- all my cousins who are boys would come over on Boxing Day, and we'd have more fun playing with that easy bake oven. And then I would get to play with the boy toys. Uh, so, for example, the circuit. Remember those electronic circuits? They still have them now. I thought that was pretty cool. And so that was the time where you got to show off all the toys you got for Christmas. You, what were some of the key toys that you remember?
0: Well, I remember a lot of the uh well, if I I guess I'd have to divide it into two groupings just because I grew up in through the elementary school years in the 80s. We did have a Light Bright. I'll have to tell you the oh, story yeah. about the Light Bright. <laughs> I guess light Tell bulbs
1: me the is- story about the light bright. <laughs>
0: <laughs> light light bulbs must have been a common power source in the uh, the early 80s.
1: <laughs>
0: or okay, so my dad and the light bright. So I remember being about 7 or 8 and my dad coming home with this toy. For those that don't know or remember, Light Bright was a plastic box with a bulb in the back and a mesh-like panel in the front. So to use it, you'd put a black piece of paper over the panel, and there were dots that mapped out a template for a picture, right? With certain letters indicating which color peg to use, like G for green or y for yellow. Well, going back, my dad comes home with this toy, which was kind of the rage amongst my age group as far as I could tell. It was shown in T V commercials a lot. He unpacks it and sets it up on our kitchen table. Lots of little mini plastic bags, all these little plastic colored pegs in them. That's what I remember. So he sets up the bulb, the template, proceeded to make the picture, while us kids watched. So I can't remember what the picture was. It was either the sailboat or the clown face, but he was pretty proud of himself when he was done. So proud, in fact, that we weren't allowed to take it apart and try another template. So he then wants to protect the picture he's made, so he unplugs the device, takes it into his bedroom, and puts it up on the shelf in his closet out of our reach. <laughs> My sisters and I were all excited for a chance to make pictures with the light right? But he's the one who played with it. And then he made it inaccessible so we couldn't play with it. it. Didn't matter, though. I mean, because one of us went and got it a few days later. My mom brought it down. We made other pictures. Until the templates were all used up. It was no longer a usable toy. But I always get a bit of a chuckle out of that memory. Lightbright was supposed to be for us. But he ended up being the one who played with it.
1: That's a great story, Jade. Well, I bet a Us as adults often want to play with our kids' toys. I know I really want to get into my kids' Lego, but I have to stop myself. So I can see why your dad was really into the Lightbright. Hang on. (laughs) Just a second. Do you remember the Sears catalog? You'd get the Sears Christmas catalog and you'd go through it and circle things and tarot
0: pictures (laughs) leave them as hints for the parents
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah that was big looking through those catalogs for sure going back to patience though I mean one of the big fads for me and it probably was I was a bit older then, probably grade seven grade eight was um the Rubik's Cube
0: oh yeah that's that's timeless
1: It was huge. And there was no way to solve it other than you could cheat, you could take it apart, or you could change the labels. But there was no YouTube. There was no quick way to solve the Rubik's Cube. Eventually, people put out books. And I remember going and buying a book on how to solve the Rubik's Cube because I was determined to learn how to solve it. I ju- I don't I mean even then people didn't have patience for it but I just wonder if our kids would have the patience for that kind of thing now and they were different colored lights do you remember that
0: yeah the four colors and it was basically a, like a slap it thing and it kept going faster or was it the one where you had to memorize the sequence
1: uh, yeah sequence and the four colors you had to kind of do both yeah, that was a big pop. That was quite a popular game.
0: If I tie this back to episode one, where we talk about food, cereal boxes, they ones that targeted kids had toys in them. And if you ended up with a certain amount, you'd, you'd save the little barcodes or something on the side of them and you'd mail them in. You get your little postage stamp and go use the old snail mail and wait six to eight weeks or 12 weeks and and eventually a toy would show up. I used to get a lot of Transformers or GoBots that way. GoBots. Oh
1: yeah. Transformers were pretty big too. And it's interesting again, how we didn't have a lot of toys. You know, toys were not as disposable as they are now. I'll go into some people, some kids playrooms. It's unbelievable. The amount of toys that they have amassed because they're so cheap now to a lot of these toys are i mean well you get did we get toys with mcdonald's meals when we were kids i, I remember did.
0: yeah we okay. did that's actually one of the ways that we scored a lot of well there was the little figurines right of all the the ronald mcdonald characters like hamburglar and all those guys but i remember getting lego little mini Lego uh, pieces that might have been geared towards making an airplane or something, but they were very standard pieces. Not at all like the ones that today, if you have to go buy a fancy set with all the unique pieces.
1: Well, not only are were toys less disposable then, or maybe because we didn't have as many, but um toys are more structured and play is more structured it seems that way anyways it's no kid wants just regular lego they want a lego set they want the instructions they want you know directed play and that's that that's interesting how we've moved in that direction it's interesting, my son, who's 12, still likes playing with Lego, and he will, I told him that my brother was an, really good at making Lego things. We used to do, and we can talk about this in another podcast, but we used to do family air bands, and my brother would make all the instruments out of Lego, and so I tell this to my son, and, and he'll always make something out of Lego creatively, and say, hey, did Uncle Rick make? lego as good as this and i'm like well no because we only had like a few bricks and a few different styles we didn't have all these extra little pieces that you pull out of your sets to make these things
0: yeah and and a lot of the the tech though if i speak to that side has changed um the the remote control cars as an example are uh with the ones i had you just had the button and if you held the button down, the car would go forward. And if you let go of the button, it would back up in reverse, but be doing a turn. So you'd have to constantly go back and forth uh, in order to aim the direction you wanted it to go. In. But it was tethered. It was not a true wireless remote control.
1: Oh, yeah. Did wireless remote controls come out? I can't remember. Did they come out in the late 80s, 90s?
0: Sure they must
1: have. I didn't have this one, but Perfection was one toy that that was one where you had to match the shapes or they would pop out or something. I think I remember that.
0: Oh Merlin.
1: Do you remember Merlin?
0: No, no.
1: Yeah, I don't really remember it really either.
0: I think I remember Perfection though. It had a timer, didn't it?
1: Yes. And And you had to put the shapes in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The, the toys that I always associate with uh, my childhood uh, were ones that I, I was envious of. Uh, so E.T. the movie came out. Mm. The handheld thing that he had. It was, I guess it was some kind of communicator, but it was called uh, uh, "Speak and spell."
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: was an orange one for learning how to spell words and do other things, and the blue one was like a math one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember calculator watches.
1: Uh (laughs) yeah yeah now we have i iphone watches and smartphone watches some of the toys do come back though you know there's still uh, monopoly we're still playing monopoly my little pony i mean that came out i guess in the late 80s and kids are still playing with that and
0: Oh, they're collector's items now, many of these things, uh, from what I Barbies hear.
1: Barbies are still there. I mean, you still see Slinky's. Kids still love a good old Slinky, and Fisher Price is still going strong. And, you know, there's some some have really stood this time. So I don't know how, we probably are running out of time, but I did have a couple uh, question, trivia questions for you. Are you ready for them? Uh, sure, okay. All right how many columns are there in a connect Four grid
0: oh that's a good one I will say 12
1: no seven seven and then seven seven columns okay and what geometric drawing toy that produces mathematical Roulette Curves was developed by British engineer Dennis Fisher in the mid-1960s. So it's an older toy, but I still remember quite liking this toy.
0: Okay, well I've got two that I'm thinking of, but because you threw in all the geometry stuff, is it one of those weird discs that you just put a finger in and spin it around with a pencil? Okay, because my second was going to be the Etch-a-Sketch. Do you remember that?
1: Totally remember the Etch-a-Sketch. No, Spirograph. Do you remember Spirograph?
0: That's what it's called. I've seen it. I, I know I've played with it, but I did not know what it was called.
1: A couple couple little trivias anyways. One thing and that is interesting, though, is, I mean, definitely we had – dolls and the boys had i guess you would have gi joes or my husband loved his wrestling dolls
0: oh yeah the wrestling that's right
1: yeah he, gosh he loved those wrestling dolls but i also you know i played with the lego i played with hot wheels i remake, remember making cities out like little roads outside in the dirt and that sort of thing in some ways, I don't know if our toys have gotten any less gender specific, and in fact, Lego's even gotten more gender specific.
0: I, th- I think I would agree with you on the Lego front. I've noticed uh, more uh, boy slash girl. I know I know we we have more than just the two traditional genders, but for the sake of the simplicity in this podcast, I'll say the the pink Barbie. Uh, style. I know my daughter has a Lego set that is like that. And my son has one that's very Star Wars focused and the two pieces but the two sets can't really be uh, intermingled into something new because the pieces don't all fit, right? They have weird curves or light things that stick out or spinny things, which changed how, how they can, they can fit. Um, when, when, when I was growing up, it was just the you know, was it four, four basic colors, right? Like there wasn't a lot of color selection and the shapes were basically all uniform in terms of their length and size. So there was no such thing as a specific set.
1: Yes, so that's interesting around that. Do you think there's any, I mean, we've been talking about the differences. I mean, we definitely reminisce and enjoy back in the day but do you think there has been any movement forward in the development of toys compared to
0: I think uh, if we're looking at some of the toys like we'll say a doll right there's been a lot of social commentary on on inclusion Uh, we were talking about Barbies we had a bit of a discussion on that I remember prior to our doing this podcast where we were saying like in our youth I think all the Barbies my sisters had were all you know, blonde Barbies, except for when uh, a relative would go overseas to say India and come back with a doll for them. They'd have one that had black hair and maybe a, a bit of a darker complexion. So I, I think there's those probably still existed. It was just the access to those markets. Uh, it wasn't uniform but I don't know as much about the rest. Like, you know, we still don't see uh Barbie in a wheelchair, do we?
1: Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. So we still have, uh, we still have ways to go, you know, and making these toys really inclusive for sure. Yeah.
0: Although I will say the one uh, toy that I think children will play with regardless that gives everybody joy that's from our age is nerf
1: uh-huh. now i uh, they i don't remember nerf from growing up so it must have came out late 80s 90s yeah
0: i'm not uh, yeah i'm not sure of the year uh in the weaponized form of nerf with the darts and guns <laughs> probably older but i i yeah. still remember nerf just being like balls like soccer balls for indoor sports yeah break mom's or something yeah <laughs> but you could still hurl it at your siblings
1: yes yeah weapons toys as weapons
0: <laughs> yeah there was there's oh. definitely a, a, a different it was a definitely a different time um that like you said you could get power you could get tools and your parents weren't worried you were going to you know poke your eye out
1: Yes, that's true as well. There weren't as many safety warnings on toys. There was a lot of little pieces back then for some of those toys like Lightbright and I I doubt there was safety warnings. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, growing up as Gen Xers, we su- the ones that survived. <laughs> <laughs> if you could go back in time and have all the toys that are available right now, Jeep, and let's put yourself back in great that you're 12 13 years old you know maybe even a little bit younger 11 of all the toys what would you put on your santa's list
0: oh so 11 would put me what grade the end of grade six or the beginning of grade seven Mm-hmm. interesting so so maybe
1: even a bit younger but what do you think you'd put on your santa's list if you had access to all the toys right now
0: uh, well, I could tell you what I probably really wanted back then, and I didn't. I, I didn't get it because it was an exclusive and expensive thing, and that would have been uh, an Optimus Prime transformer set, the whole truck, the big rig. I think from today's day and age, if you know we could move anything from now to back then and send it back in a in a DeLorean time machine, it would be. You know what? I I think honestly it would be like any of these gaming consoles with any of the games because it is very much a video game world.
1: Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, one of these new video games or you know, I still think I might want some cool new bike, you know. It's hard to know. Hard to know I can It's hard to put myself back to that age and look at all the toys now and think about what I would want but probably something electronic
0: if you could bring back any of the toys that you had say during that same time frame we just referenced like late elementary school what would you bring back to today like for yourself doesn't even mean you're going to give it to your kids to play with or anything it's just yours like what's your most treasured toy or game from that era
1: Well, I still have a lot of the games from that era because I loved them so much. Hmm. You know, I think I'd go back to the Easy Bake Oven. (laughs)
0: The Easy Bake Oven. All right. Even though you've got a full-size one.
1: True enough. You know, I'd probably also get my... I wish I had my Atari still because, you know, a lot of good times sitting in front of that TV playing the Atari.
0: Well then don't let me tell you too much about those emulators now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you can get the original arts Ataris now. Yeah, that's right.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, I think I missed my BMX bike that I, I, I rode, I rode the tread off the tires on that thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely on those bikes. It was, it was our mo. Oh, that's a whole other podcast but that's how we got around. <laughs> yeah. Um so this has been fun. You know, I feel like playing a game tonight. How about you? Sounds good. Yeah, I might pull out some Yahtzee or or the Monopoly game or something and play a game with the family. So, what are we going to talk about next time we get together?
0: I don't know. What to do with all our waste paper? from
1: <laughs> <laughs> How about TV?
0: TV shows. Ah, yes. I like it. So, next next episode, uh stay tuned everybody. We will probably be talking about your favorite Saturday morning cartoons amongst other things. And uh Di, do you want to give a little shout out to the social media presence that you've set up and how people could uh, hook themselves up with that?
1: Yeah, so just search for Gen X from the Edge on Facebook or Instagram and like us and comment. Let us know what you would like us to talk about or, or share with us some of your memories of growing up in the 80s and 90s. Love to hear from you.
0: Great, and don't forget to hit follow, like, or subscribe on any of these platforms that uh, your new favorite podcast, Gen X from the Edge, should be on. It really does matter, and it keeps us connected to you.
1: Bye.